0: This is episode 177 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're continuing the 2010 Winter Youth Celebration transformation. This is session six with Tim Uis. I had somebody tell me one time that's what cuts to the white meat right there. Oh, that's harsh. All right. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, once again, my name's Tim. You can call me Tim. Um, there, there will be questions and answers at the end. Uh, transformation, the story of God in real life. How about that? That's what they uh, kind of emailed me and told me that the theme of this week is for you guys. This is my notes, by the way, so I'll set it here and refer to it from time to time. Transformation. Okay, stories. That's what I start thinking, the stories of our life. And, uh, uh, you know, stories, once you get old, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm 30. I'm old now, officially. I coach high school football at Crescent Valley High School. Anybody Corvallis? Anybody? Yeah, okay, okay, all right. Any Crescent Valley? Okay, we got one, all right, word, all right. So I, I coach football there and um, and anyways, they, they all think I'm old now and I still think I'm like your guys' age. I still think I'm 16, 17, 18 and, and then they're like, coach, you have kids, you're, you're old. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm old. This is not good to be old. My wife just sent me a text. <clears throat> so you can look at my film well, over there, I guess the monitor. You watch a little couple little clips. One of them, um, getting back to the stories, one of them was against Stanford. That was my last game at Research Stadium, and uh, and I look at that, and and I can tell you the story behind it, but I can't do that anymore, right? I can tell you the story of the the catch down at SC and scoring a touchdown in the Coliseum, but I can't do it anymore. And I can tell you about, I can definitely tell you about that touchdown in Buffalo, because that was pretty sweet. Um, But I can't do it anymore, right? Because we all transform over life, and and that's kind of what uh, what I want to tell you about. And one one quick story to grab your attention, once again on the theme of stories. This watch, I don't know if they can zoom in on it. Let's get. Uh oh, I lost my mic. Okay, this is a cool watch. Anyways, you can kind of tell it's a big watch. And um, I would always wanted a watch like this. It's called a SEMA. It's like Swiss made, kind of like a, a, a Rolex, but doesn't have the Rolex name on it. And it has all this perpetual motion stuff. It's cool anyways. And, and so uh, we're in Buffalo. And every Friday, every Friday after practice, the o lineman, the rookie o lineman, would have to order a bunch of food to feed all of the O-linemen. And all of the tight ends and uh, the quarterbacks and Drew Bledsoe would make a tape up, um, and you guys are so young you don't even know who Drew Bledsoe is. But okay, so okay, we got some Bledsoe fans. So he kind of, he was old school, and this is how they did it. And at the end of this big meal, we'd watch film during it, and, and then they'd pay the young guys to eat the leftovers. Does anybody like mayonnaise? Yeah, okay, all right. Well, I, I like mayonnaise on a sandwich, but it got to the end of this meal, and we're talking like real mayonnaise with uh, Italian sub-sandwiches and real Italian dressing. And there is a pint of mayonnaise and a pint of Italian dressing. And pretty soon, there's a $1,000 on the table for whoever will eat it. This guy ate it <clears throat> and, and I bought a watch. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of a, a good story. You'll probably remember nothing else about me, but that's okay. All right, so here's the story of my life a little bit. Um, you can tell I'm crazy because I ate a pint of mayonnaise, right? So I grew up in Eugene. Anybody Eugene? Any Eugenies? Okay. Woo! okay. Any Churchill High School? One! Alright, so we got one CV and one Churchill High School. Alright, so I went to Churchill High School in Eugene. And, uh, uh, I was involved in SCA and in youth group and I went to Camp Tadmore and I, I could never go to Winter Youth. Yeah, woo! Camp Tadmore, I love it. I, I couldn't do Winter Youth because, uh, I was always playing basketball. Uh, I played football, basketball, baseball. And, uh, and one of the things I want to talk about is you guys are all in high school and, and where you're at in your walk with God right now because there's no, You can only be so serious when you're 16 years old, and I'd encourage you to be a little more serious because I probably wasn't as serious as I needed to be. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd accepted Christ uh, as my Savior, and and I was trying to basically please God and live this Christian life that God wanted me to, but I didn't understand this relationship thing all the way around yet. So when I got to college, it it was always my parents taking me to church, my parents taking me to youth group, my parents taking me to And I got to college and all of a sudden I was out on my own, and it was me doing what I wanted and not necessarily doing what my parents had wanted. So I got into some trouble at Oregon State, and uh, I started making some bad decisions, and um, things went downhill rapidly. I got an MIP. Anybody know what an MIP is? Yeah, minor possession, not good, right? Basically, we were out one night. My girlfriend had dumped me because I was being stupid, as she should have. And I went to a bar with some buddies, and uh, and I was 20. And I walked home, and the cops got me, and it wasn't good. And that was kind of a defining point in my life where it was like, man, there needs to be a wherever our big board is, transformation. It's not up there anymore. But there needed to have, so there we go, yes. We needed to have something change in life because the way I was living it on my own was not going well. Um, and, and that Whatever, I was a football player, I was a big stud, all those things. Okay, that might have been going well, but on the inside, I was not doing well. So I, I said, you know what? I gotta, I gotta find somebody that can help me get out of this rut I'm in. And there's a basketball coach at Oregon State that I talked with, and and I, his name is Richie McKay, and he really didn't win a lot of games, but I respect him because he helped me out in my walk with God. So, uh, if if anybody says anything bad about Richie McKay, you can always say, hey, but he's a Christian and he helped out uh, Tim Ewis. So. Um, Anyways, I was talking to him one day in his office and and he said, Tim, this is what it comes down to. There's one simple saying in life you can live by. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I was expecting some big, deep verse out of the Bible or something, you know, something crazy and out of Ecclesiastes or Hezekiah or some book that I'd never really dusted the cover off of before, you know. and he brings me this saying, I still don't know where it came from. Everybody say it with me. Show me your friends. All right, louder. Show me your friends friends. and I'll show you your future. future. And I I took this to heart. I took this to heart. The second thing he told me, I won't make you repeat this because it's longer. The second thing he told me is, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been and and those two things i wrote them down on a note card i kept them in my wallet a long time i think i still have an old tattered up three by five note card with that in my wallet so i said all right i haven't done the right things so i'm going to continue in this rut if i don't start doing something different and that's probably going to be the friends i'm hanging out with so i really had to change the guys i was hanging out with um i couldn't do all the football player things that were cool or so-called cool. Um, I had to give up a lot of my buddies. I had to uh, just change my life dramatically. And the only way to do that was going to be getting closer to God. So I I got involved with a a group called Champions for Christ um, and just started hanging out with people doing other uh, activities. This sounds so stupid, but our favorite activity was probably breakfast for dinner. I don't know. We loved it. We'd go over to the guy's house. His name was uh, Tori. He helped lead it. And, and uh, he had a campus ministry and worked with all these athletes. And we'd cook waffles and pancakes and bacon and, and fried eggs and do all that stuff. And that was what we did. So we didn't get in trouble. We did breakfast for dinner. And he'd always have a little Bible study and something cool. So that was, my, uh, that was the middle of my sophomore year. Um, so uh, I also had torn my ACL that year, so I was coming off of that. Um, and Then I, my junior year I came back, I came back really strong and, and my faith was a lot stronger, and it was where it needed to be and, uh, and I had a very good junior season. And, and Then I got ready for my senior season. I got married that summer to the same girl that had dumped me when I was being stupid. So if you've ever been dumped, there is hope at some point in life that you could get back together. Now we've been married eight years, and we're expecting our third kid. So, it is it is a success story. Um, so I was getting ready for the NFL, and really had no clue what was going on in life. Um, you know, you're graduating from college, a lot like you guys, getting ready to go to college. Some of you are trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life in college? What kind of job do I want to have when I get older? I'm 30 years old I still don't know so don't sweat it all right there's one verse you can live by trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path and that's my life and I'll get into that so I didn't mention this when I was in high school I wanted to play basketball I ended up playing football all right I had coach Erickson coach me and he left Oregon State and coach Riley came in which I wasn't very excited about at the time because um, once you're comfortable in life it's easy to stay comfortable and a different coach shake things up so all these changes in my life that I didn't necessarily like well I kind of had it planned out I'd studied engineering and I was going to be an engineer um, and build buildings and live in Portland and build freeways and do whatever else and uh then all of a sudden, these agents started talking to me and they said, hey, you're going to play in the NFL and you're going to make a lot of money. And I said, okay, that's fine. I, I don't believe you, but that's okay. Well, we went through my, my, uh, my sophomore year. I think I caught, I, I can't even remember. I think I caught like 26 footballs. and my junior year, I caught 23 footballs. That's not very good. My senior year with Coach Riley, who I wasn't super excited about initially coming back, I caught 49 footballs. That's the same amount of footballs as the previous two years combined. And All of a sudden, a lot of people started calling and saying, you're going to get drafted, you're going to play in the NFL. So I got a chance to go to the combine, and uh, this whole time my wife and I are praying, hey, whatever happens, happens. I've had a great football career, let's see what happens. Well, uh, I got called by the Buffalo Bills, I got drafted in the fourth round. I had no idea where Buffalo was at. I knew <laughs> yeah, I knew it was in the state of New York. So I pulled out like our big road atlas, you know, that every family has one of sitting up on the bookshelf somewhere. New York, I start at New York City and we start working our way across and the very western part of New York is Buffalo, right by Niagara Falls. It's probably what it's most famous for. I thought I was going to get to play in like New York City. No, I'm in Buffalo. It's like like Springfield. That's all I can say. (laughs) Ouch. Sorry if there's anybody from Springfield. But it just wasn't what I was thinking I was going to do. But that's cool. Once again, that was part of God's plan. So I got to Buffalo, and uh, I had a great opportunity. Uh, new coaching staff. I'd been drafted by. They wanted me to play for them. They had, they had a, you know, some things that they wanted me to be able to do in that offense. So, I was pretty excited. And uh, first couple games, I didn't play a whole lot. Um, my third game, my parents were there. We got to play the New England Patriots. I played really, really well. They still kicked our butt because they're just good. But I played really well. And I started getting more and more and more playing time. And and I should add that in college, the culture at Oregon State was very difficult to be a Christian. Anybody have that at their high school right now? It's difficult to be a Christian? Don't be shy and raise your hand. It was difficult for me to be a Christian in high school, too. That's how it was at Oregon State. When I got to Buffalo, it was easy to be a Christian because half the team was Christians, and we had a great, chaplain that was basically like a pastor for i don't know 20 guys and their wives and that was his full-time job was to be a pastor for us and our wives or our girlfriends and uh so i had a really good support group that relates back to what i was saying show me your friends i'll show you your future i just said when i get to buffalo i gotta find the right guys to hang out with and I still maintain some of those relationships that I formed you know, six, seven years ago. So when I got there, great support group, I started playing a lot. I'd mentioned I'd torn my ACL uh, uh, in college, which is anybody torn an ACL? Yeah, you have? You know the pain. Okay. I do that for my job now. I sell the doctors the stuff that fix ACLs, another transformation. So uh, I'd done it once, I was doing really well. We're down at Miami. We have chapel the night before the game, and we have our chapel. And uh, we're talking about Samson. Everybody knows Samson, right? Who knows Samson? All right, so Samson, big, strong guy, football player, big, strong guy. Uh, we're down there in Miami getting ready to play. And this guy's talking about Samson and relating it to his life. Um, and he was a world class bench press uh, guy, benched like 770 pounds with no roids. That's pretty, pretty stinking strong. Most I ever benched was 405, and he benched 300 more than that. That's, that's big time. So we're, uh, we're having this chapel, and he's talking about how Samson didn't do everything right the first time around, and had to basically ask God uh, for another chance, right? Obviously, I've had second chances in life. Anybody else out there had a second chance? Second chances are good, right? God likes to give second chances. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, man, maybe like some of you guys at this convention, I don't know, at this conference, but I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm doing everything God wants me to do right now. I'm just where he wants me to be. He's happy with me and uh and and that's kind of where i left it that night i just thought yeah i'm not like samson i'm doing what god wants me to do with my gift i don't really know what i was doing with my gift at the time but i i thought i was doing a good job so uh we're playing in the football game and i wanted to find the clip i i have a copy of the game film somewhere because i would have put it up on the screen but the last play of the first quarter a second to the last play. Now, the last play of the first quarter, Mark Campbell, we'd kind of been starting together, kind of co starters at tight end. Anybody watch uh, the Patriots are doing a lot of it right now? Any Patriot fans? Any Colts fans? So, kind of that two tight end stuff where it's no huddle, a lot of two tight ends. Um, Colts do a lot of it, Patriots do a lot. That's what Mark and I were doing. And it's no huddle, it's fast paced, we're running all over the place, we're blocking. Mark tears his ACL on the last play of the first quarter. So now I am the man, right? I'm the man, and I look up at the scoreboard. As we're, I'll never forget it. We're walking down from about the 30-yard line in Pro Player Stadium in uh, Miami, and I look up and I think, I got four more games this season, and these three quarters, I'm, I'm gonna make a lot of money. And I'm going to get another contract and make a lot more money. And I was just, that's all I thought about. I'm just going to make a lot of money. I went down there, lined up on the right side, kind of had a hot route. I had a little blitz protection and a guy shot. So that means I released to the flat and I go out in the flat. And Drew sees the hot route, wedding crashes. You know, he's like, hot route, hot route. I don't even know what that means. Well, that's what it means. There's too many guys coming, you can't block them all so somebody's got to run a hot route. I had the hot route and I catch this ball in the flat and I look up, I kind of look over my shoulder and there's all kinds of green. And I'm, and I'm literally thinking I'm going to score like an 80-yard touchdown. I don't know why a 6'5 slow white guy would think he could score an 80-yard touchdown in the NFL. <laughs> I have, I've never done anything like that in my life, but I thought I could do it I guess. And I put my foot in the ground and tore my ACL again. Yeah, don't, don't say, oh, because it's OK. And I, I just knew that I'd done it. I just felt it go like rip, 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 rip. And I got down on the ground, and I was like, oh, are you serious? I know this feeling. So I, I finished the rest of the game off, because we only had one tight end left, so I had to play. Um, And we got, and I knew it might be my last chance to ever play football, so I wanted to really go for it. So I got in the locker room, and I called my wife, and I called some people, and I got on the plane, and I was just sitting there thinking, why would this happen to me? Why would this happen to me? Why would this happen to me? And I pulled out my um, my spiral notebook. Every week, I'd take a spiral notebook to chapel and write down kind of my thoughts and and uh, whatever the chaplain had to say. And I started reading, what? Story of Samson. And not that I was cheating on my wife in a Delilah situation, nothing like that, but I wasn't doing everything God wanted me to. And I just sat there on the plane, and I didn't make a deal with God per se, but I just said, God, you give me another chance to pull a Samson. I'll make sure I'm serving you. And I started off saying in high school, I didn't really know what that relationship with God was all about. I wanted a ticket to heaven, right? I, I wanted to go to heaven. Definitely didn't want to go to hell. That was my relationship with God in high school. And I started growing in college and, and this was kind of that factor that it was like, God, I'm gonna serve you. Now I get it, right? But now I've blown it. Because I had this great platform and and I I had it and I wasted it. And and that's funny thing about time, right? I said I'm getting old, I'm thirty. Time's the only thing you can't ever go back on, right? You can go back on your word, you can go back on, you know, you, you can if you lose money, you can make more money. You can't go back and get more time. Once it's spent, it's gone. And I'd, I'd blow in that time. It was gone. And, uh, and I just said, God, I'm going to serve you. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. And if you give me an- another shot, I'll maximize it. If you don't, I'll still figure out a way to try to maximize it. So I started the rehab process. I had surgery a couple weeks later. I started the rehab process and, and, um, and made it through. And I had another year in Buffalo to play. And we had a coaching switch, and, uh, and I was traded to New Orleans. once again, this crazy path. God 'll direct our path. Keep that in mind with this whole transformation thought God'll direct our path. And I, I was traded. you don't even ever see a trade in the NFL anymore. And I, yeah, only scrubs, he's saying, so that tells you what I was. So I, I got traded down there. I got cut during fall camp. I got picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers. yeah. <laughs> So I got to go play in Pittsburgh for Coach Cower his last year. Awesome experience. Got to meet a lot of phenomenal people. And then that led into Coach Tomlin coming in. And Coach Tomlin drafted a tight end, which meant I was out of a job. And uh, But all those coaches had gone to Arizona. So God opened up another door for me to go to Arizona and just meet people and talk to kids and talk to young adults all over the country at different places at different times. And then I, I got done playing in Arizona and uh I'll tell you this, I got to meet Kurt Warner. If you guys can read his book, oh my gosh, what an awesome guy. If there's one guy, obviously I want to raise my kids the same way my dad raised me, but other than my dad, he's the next guy that I'd try to kind of uh impersonate, I guess, or shadow. And being a father and a husband because he just left such a great impression on me and that was part of god's path and then uh i got a chance to coach at oregon state and and coach riley gave me a chance to coach tight ends there and i was loving doing that um it just took a lot of time raising a family and and so that door was closed and another door selling medical devices was opened and uh so that's where i work with orthopedists now to to when they fix ACLs and fix shoulder injuries and different things. And I hope you get the idea now of this transformation over time of of a 16-year-old to a 30-year-old, of a kid that wanted a ticket to heaven, to somebody that thinks they're a kid that just wants to serve God. Because I've seen how much love God has for me, and I want to just share that love with you guys. and. And, and there was times that I cried along the way. There's times I was frustrated. But God always saw me through in that process. And, and that's just what I want to leave you guys with is look at the people you're with. Look at the friends. Look at where your future's going. And just trust that God has that plan, and, and he's going to guide and direct your life as long as you trust in him for that. So I probably went way over my time. That's what I got. Thank you. There's probably time for a few questions if somebody has questions cuz I probably skipped over something or missed something. So, anybody got anything? I probably should have been standing out here the whole time. I just realized this, but anything? Yeah. So, New Orleans is a funky place, and when when I was there, it was uh they had just that was the first year sean payton had gone there and drew Brees was there and drew Brees is another great christian guy and i got to spend some time with him and um i didn't spend much time in new orleans i know it's kind of a bad town though i wouldn't choose to live there i'll tell you that much uh how was it you were raised in eugene but you went to oregon state yeah that's (laughs) that 's that 's what I'm saying Tim explain that that 's one everybody always wants to know. well, all right, Oregon State is awesome, so i I'd, <laughs> I'd had my brother had gone to Oregon State as a chemical engineer, and I wanted to get into engineering <clears throat> and it 's kind of something that 's in my family and uh My dad was a big Terry Baker fan always was so i uh, I was six foot five I was actually a little taller than I am right now. all the squats have shrunk me down but Um, and I weighed 190 pounds. There's not a lot of people that offer a scholarship to a 6'5", 190-pound white kid. So that was kind of it and Oregon State was like the only team in the Pac-10 that offered me. Once again, it's one of those decisions that I may have not made the right decision had Oregon actually offered me. So God didn't give me that opportunity. He put me right where he wanted me. So. Let's do one one more question. Yeah. Did you like moving around so much? Oh, man, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I'm glad to be back in Oregon to raise my family, but all the opportunities I've had. So I had like, I don't know, I graduated with like 220 people at my high school, and probably 180 of them went to the U of O. And they're still living in Eugene, and they've never left, and they've never had any life experiences. And. I've been hired and fired more times than half your parents and I've lived you know I've owned like four homes and lived all over the country and had a blast with it and and my wife and I just kind of embraced it that opportunity to do all those things so uh, yeah we've loved traveling around and seeing different cultures in, in the US and all those things and it's funny because out here like we're just people right We're in the Northwest we're a bunch of kind of half hippies or whatever. Like, yeah. When we when we were in Pittsburgh, that's when, when, when we got pregnant the first time, and we went to the doctor, and and the lady with the nurse that's talking to us was like, "So, what's your ethnic heritage?" Mm, we're both white. Uh, my wife's grandpa was from Spain, so I guess she's like Hispanic, but I don't know. And and they, the lady was like, "No, what are you?" Like, she got really mad. She was like, are you German? Are you English? What are you? (laughs) We're from Oregon. (laughs) So, that's it. Cool. Last thing. Last thing. I don't know. Can you zoom in on my shirt? Because I wore the shirt for a reason. Like, get real close. Right up in here. All right. I don't know if you can see it, but I had a buddy in Buffalo that made this for me. Um, And it says... History in the making, but if you look at the bold part, right, it says His story in the making, and I think that's what we're talking about here with you guys is that transformation of going on for whatever God wants you to do, His story, so that's what I got thinking.